Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to another edition of the PHNX D-Backs podcast right here on PHNX. Happy Monday to you all. Of course, my name is Derek Montia, uh, formerly known as your mayor of PHNX, currently known as your mayor of the city of Phoenix. This man next to me is in charge of uh, the public services and works around here. It's Mr. <laughs> Electricity, Sean DePaz. And we will be joined shortly by the one and only Thunderstick, Jesse Friedman, uh, who is in San Francisco right now, keeping an eye on the Arizona Diamondbacks and how th- that team might change should they actually <sighs> make a move in the next next 24 hours now this is it we're down to our final 24 hours essentially at 3 p.m arizona time tomorrow uh the trade deadline comes and goes so will the diamondbacks make a move before then i don't know the rangers are out of their goddamn minds right now and i don't even know if a move (laughs) if the diamondbacks make a move are they even in the uh, in the vicinity of of the texas rangers am i i mean we this is what we need jesse here for i don't think he's going to be any calmer than me should we already give the rangers the world series i mean might as well might as well. Uh, I mean, at least they're in the AL, so the D-backs can get there without them, mm. I guess. But uh, not if they don't do anything. That's for damn sure. They're not beating that team. But uh, I'll tell you this much. The starting rotation isn't getting any better. Uh, it might uh, be even more shallow with the news that Tommy Henry has been placed on the IL with left elbow inflammation. Uh, and per John Gambadoro, uh, the D-backs will be calling up Slade Ciccone to take Tommy Henry's spot in the rotation. Another rookie starting pitcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, of course, uh, like I said, joining us right now here from San Francisco to talk about Slade being called up and everything Arizona Diamondbacks related, the one and only Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. Jesse, Jesse you're, you're, you're blurry and you look very intelligent in front of that bookcase <laughs> behind you. It's a good look. I like it. Yeah, this is my best Jeff Passan impression. We've yeah, got all good. sorts that of glow, got a globe in the background. Yeah, books and globes. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, uh, we just talked about Tommy Henry being placed on the IL with left elbow inflammation. Uh, it doesn't sound great, uh, at least for the Diamondbacks, who are already very shallow at starting pitcher. Uh, Slade Ciccone will be making his debut for the Diamondbacks. Thought on Slade and uh, some of his numbers this season with the Reno Aces. I mean, they don't look great on the surface, right? They you know, do not you look up and you see an ERA that starts with a six and, uh, <laughs> you know, you're not you're not usually very impressed. Um, of course, it is the Pacific Coast League. So, um, you know, I, that that's about a league average, maybe a little below at league average ERA for for a starter, a little above league average ERA for a starter. So um, I wouldn't be too alarmed by that. The The strikeout and walk numbers are actually pretty good. Uh, about a strikeout per inning. Um, his, his walks have really never been a, a big issue for Slade Shikoni. So he's the kind of guy who you expect to come in and, and throw strikes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there there's a lot of reliever risk here for sure. It seems like the fastball and the slider are kind of the main weapons for him. And yeah. uh, he does have a change up in a curveball as well. It's a little bit unclear where those pitches uh, fit into the arsenal. But yeah, his fastball averages around 94 can, you know, can touch 97. So he's got some velo in there and uh, no real surprise here for me that, that he would be the guy uh, to take Tommy Henry's spot in the rotation. Uh, he's rule five eligible at the end of the year. The D-backs were going to have to put him on the 40-man roster uh, at some point this season. And, um, you know, unsurprisingly, it looks like we'll we'll get to see him actually pitch in a game during the year. Uh, his slider grades out at 60 on that sliding scale. So uh, it is his best pitch. And he does have, like you said, a really good fastball. 
Um, the the ERA thing and his numbers uh, and and uh, our, our buddy it's in the chat says it that uh, his his ERA is lower than Jameson's at the time of his promotion. That's our friend Michael McDermott, uh, and uh, that's that's probably the case. Like Ryan Nelson. Dre Jamison's their numbers were not great when they got called up, uh, and we saw them both have at least for that portion of the season they got called up a pretty pretty good start for the for the Diamondbacks. I mean, obviously Ryan Nelson came back down to earth. We know what happened with Dre Jamison, but uh, they both had a much better start in the major leagues than 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 their numbers from Reno would suggest. So any uh, any any chance, fingers crossed here, that we see Slade make that same kind of. Uh, same kind of impression here when he gets called up it wouldn't shock me yeah it definitely wouldn't shock me um i think a, a big question for him is going to be his fastball uh as it's kind of been for brandon fought like his like brandon fought's fastball plays as a swing and miss pitch in reno uh but it doesn't necessarily play that way in the majors as we've seen so far those those yeah. high fastballs are you know getting hit out of the park a little bit more than you'd like uh and slades uh has had a, he's had a big issue with homers as well uh he's at around two homers per nine innings in reno this season which is even higher than brandon fought and that's the reason his era is so high he's getting a decent number of strikeouts he's not walking very many guys but he's allowing a ton of home runs and and that's why his era is where it is obviously getting out of the pacific coast league is is going to help but a big factor in that is is his fastball. Does his fastball play in the majors? Uh, you know, even if it could be around league average, I think his slider is good enough, along with uh, you know his changeup and his curveball, that you could you know there could be a starter profile in here somewhere if if things kind of come together. The good news is that at the very least, the Diamondbacks have been attached in recent rumors uh, to some starting pitching. Uh, there's 24 hours to go until the trade deadline essentially it is 1 p.m right now arizona time we have until 3 p.m tomorrow so 26 hours away from uh the the trade deadline coming and going uh the diamondbacks have been attached to trading for jack flaherty for from the st louis cardinals which is a name we've brought up in the past uh we we have talked about uh flaherty's numbers and his pros and cons uh we take a look here we have some of his pros and cons uh this is what we discussed when we had when we discussed flaherty on the show um, but uh, Jesse, would, would do you think Jack Flaherty would essentially be a, a great upgrade for the Diamondbacks at this point? And on the on the flip side of it, does trading for Flaherty really, uh, really, really make the Diamondbacks any kind of contender this season if that's the only move they make? I think it makes a difference uh, for sure. I mean, you know, the Diamondbacks obviously need need some depth, and having both Slade Shikoni and Brandon Fott in the rotation is is you know you're relying a lot on on young guys where you don't really have much of any idea of, of what you're going to get at this point so right. i think getting flaherty in the mix would would certainly help i don't think he's quite at the same level as you know jordan montgomery or aaron savali who we just saw the the tampa bay rays make a deal for a few minutes ago um but yeah he would he would help i mean and, and he's one of only about about four starters left on the market that I can see as far as rentals are concerned. It's pretty much Jack Flaherty, the two guys with the Detroit Tigers and Eduardo Rodriguez and Michael Lorenzen, and then Rich Hill. Um, you know, if a team wants him, uh, he's, he's out there as well. So uh, yeah, the, you know, it's kind of slim pickings at, at this point. And I think Flaherty would, would move the needle for the Diamondbacks, you know, whether he suddenly puts them uh, as a favorite, you know, to to get the top wild card spot or anything, I don't I don't think so. But he at least would make the Diamondbacks more compelling down the stretch. Yeah, uh, and and I think at this point, people just want to see a move. I mean, yeah. what does that what what does it say if if they if they don't? I mean, do you feel like that? Because I know I know you're not feeling great. I know you're not <laughs> feeling good about this team at times right now. So I mean, is that an immediate white flag to you if? Three o'clock comes tomorrow and goes, and and yeah. a move isn't made. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we were having this conversation the other day. Like, I, I definitely think it's a white flag. Like, you're punting on this season being a season in which you could win a World Series. I think if you don't do anything, I, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily like sometimes surrender is the right move. Like, I'm not necessarily like if they don't do anything, I'm not going to necessarily sit here and be like they've made a massive mistake because they've sucked recently and. Maybe this uh, you have to obviously weigh like more than just this year. Um, so I, I definitely would be upset, but not necessarily upset because 
oh, like not upset because of the reason a lot of fans seem to be upset because it's like there's so many fans out there that are like, oh, classic Mike Hazen. He doesn't do anything. He just yeah. kind of sits on his hands all day and then lets the rest of the league make moves. Like, I, that's not why I'm going to be upset if they don't do anything. I'm going to be upset because this team pissed away an opportunity to be real buyers at the deadline. Yeah, I, I think I think I agree. I, at this point, if Mike Hazen doesn't buy at the trade deadline or, or you know, is not very aggressive, you can really understand why, right? Like at the end of the day, the D-backs not being big big buyers at the trade deadline is is definitely more attributable from what we can tell to the Diamondbacks' recent performance than than you know Mike Hazen. He's been pretty aggressive in the past when he's been in a position you know, to, to make the playoffs in 2017 and 2018, he made multiple moves in, in both of those years to try to make those teams better. And this team just isn't quite in the same position that those teams were in. They, they've, they've just drifted so far away from that in the month of July. I've even seen a lot of people on Twitter and, and in our discord start to say, you know, like, I don't know if the deep packs should buy, like, it seems pretty wasteful to, to spend assets trying to make this team better. Um, I guess one one viable option could be are the Diamondbacks shifting gears a little bit to, to controllable assets? Are they, you know, sure. are they are they uh, apparently they were in to some degree on Aaron Savali and, uh, you know, I, are still looking for starting pitching. Maybe the guys they're looking for now are more of the controllable variety than, you know, uh, Jack Flaherty or some of these other names that we've also heard them tied to in recent days. Well, and the Rays gave up Kyle Manzardo, who was their top first base pitching prospect and arguably the best bat in their organization as far as a minor league prospect goes. Yeah. So when 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 you start to see not only that move that the Tampa Bay Rays made, but some of these other moves other teams have made for some of these pitchers that the Diamondbacks were interested in, or at least pitchers that we discussed on this show that could potentially be targets for this team, it, it feels like the cost was too high. Like it feels like when we see the cost for some of these players, uh, it, but it's hard to make a comparison directly to the Diamondbacks minor league organization. But I mean, some of these guys were were very high in the in the prospect system, and you could only compare them to some of the Diamondbacks top prospects, like Blaze Alexander, like uh, even even a Jordan, you know, even Jordan, right? So it's like I I, I don't know. There's it seems like. In a lot of these cases, this cost, the, the asking cost is too high. I mean, Davison De Los Santos still feels very, very highly ranked in the Diamondback system considering what we've seen out of him. Uh, but he's like the fourth prospect, top prospect right now, according to MLB Pipeline. So, like, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it depends on who particularly the player was. But, like, Ivan Melendez was a name that we threw out there a lot in a lot of these trades. Uh, and, I, and it seemed to be a name that triggered a lot of people to get angry that we were including him in a, in a trade. It's because the, these are the kind of guys that 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 really, at the end of the day, you don't want to risk giving up for a rental that might not even be enough to, even if you get to the playoffs, get you very far in the playoffs. Yeah, Manzardo is a pretty pretty incredible return for the Cleveland Guardians in, in that move. I don't think it's like a crazy overpay uh, for the Tampa Bay Rays, but... It's it's legit. I mean, that's sort of like the Diamondbacks trading Jordan Lawler, you know, for for Dylan Cease, I guess. Dylan Cease is probably a little bit more highly regarded than Aaron Savali, and Jordan Lawler is probably a little bit more highly regarded than Menzardo, but not not by that much. Like that yeah. is kind of the price you're looking at for a pitcher who has a couple years of control after this season. So, yeah, I still my gut is still that the Diamondbacks will do something. I still would be pretty surprised, at least a little bit surprised. The phone is ringing behind me. A landline? Have you even seen one of those, Jesse, in a house? <laughs> I literally this just is the like... first landline that I've encountered in my life in, in, quite, uh, in quite some time. I thought that was coming um, from our end at first. I was like, where <laughs> well, that is have crazy. we had one this whole time? <laughs> a landline that? in the PH and Onyx office would be absolutely wild. It's the emergency phone. It goes incredible. directly to Saul. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah. um, Boys, this, I got a question this is, for you. Uh, this is Mike Hazen's phone. Oh, yeah. 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 Right? Answer the it, Jesse. Answer it right now. And just the say yes. The are about just to do something. I can sense a, it. Approve the trade, no matter what they ask for. Um, is baseball back, fellas? Is baseball back as a sport? Is it back? Uh, because apparently, according to MLB, Saturday was the most attended day on average in 10 years. Do we have that graphic? 
this is this is a beautiful thing. This is a beautiful Baseball's thing. Baseball's dead. Baseball is dead. Apparently, it's it, it actually it's, is. Dead. It's so dead. Yeah, it's so dead. Uh, Thirty-eight thousand, almost averaging forty thousand people per game this Saturday. Uh, was it a giveaway day? Sure, but we don't need to argue about that or talk about that. Uh, but yes, thirty-eight. 858 average is the highest for a Saturday in all of Major League Baseball since August 10th, 2013. Nine of Saturday's games attracted over 40,000 plus people. 11 of Saturday's games hosted 35,000 plus. And of course, highlights included the Marlins' best home crowd since 2017 opening day, the Orioles' second sellout of the season, and the Diamondbacks' best crowd since opening day. Uh, oh, and by the way, 45000 for the A's versus the Rockies. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. 45,000 people wasting their that? fucking money. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> let's go baseball. I mean, I love to see it. It's funny because like, there's a bunch of stadiums. Or not, I guess not a bunch of stadiums, but there's a number of stadiums who don't even hold 40,000 people Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, in, in baseball. I All keep right. seeing this thing on Facebook, and I don't know if it's real, but it keeps getting suggested to me that like, there's been like... 30 some thousand people who have ever played major league baseball and that if you were to put all of them into one stadium it wouldn't fill up like progressive field which i think is the smallest stadium in baseball yeah um, i think it's actually i want to say it's like in the 20s somewhere i think there have been like 22 yeah. 25 000 players who've ever played something which like that so crazy that is about, that but. is pretty that is pretty wild yeah yeah, baseball, baseball is uh, – I mean, I, I feel like I said this a couple of days ago. Like, I felt it during the World Baseball Classic. It just felt like baseball had a whole lot of momentum coming into this year. Yeah. And obviously with the new rules, like, I yeah. think people were – at least in – I feel like people gave it a chance. And, I, I mean, baseball is just more fun this year. Like, the games are more digestible. And you're not really spending – it. you're not necessarily trading away an entire day to go to a baseball game. It's a little more predictable what you're getting yourself into, yeah. Um, yeah, I which I think is all good as far as attendance is concerned. Brett Lee Johnson sent us a tweet that said, with the reports of baseball's biggest increase in popularity since the McGuire-Sosa home run chases, it's safe to say that a lot of the early season takes on the new rules ruining the game was pretty overreactionary. People are yeah, losers. of course they were. Because really, at the end of the day, uh, there's a reason why uh, movies try to avoid being three hours plus, right? We know how long people's attention spans are. We know that people can, I mean, especially nowadays, right? Like, it, it's it's hard sometimes when, when there is a long break in baseball and you don't know what's going on to keep your attention, let mm -hmm. alone for the length of an entire game. It, it, the new rules have been wonderful. They've generated plenty of offense. They've generated plenty of interest in the game. And 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 more importantly, uh, we're getting we're getting small increments of our lives back, ladies and gentlemen. Increments <laughs> of our lives that we deserve to have back, I and do. have no reason being stolen from us uh, by every batter adjusting their their gloves for you know a solid two minutes uh, per game. Jesse, thoughts? Pitch clock? You love it? I know you love it. I, I do love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I I do love it. Yeah, I I think the new rules have have really come on strong. I don't know if I would say that baseball is is back in in the truest sense there's still a long way to go here i think for the thing for the season as a whole attendance is up nine percent over over last year i believe which is a notable increase i mean nine percent is is a lot over over the course of a full season just just over over one year so it, it's it's a big improvement i think baseball still has you know a, a long way to go in kind of getting people on board with this game but the new roles have, have been, I think, everything that you probably would have hoped that they would be. And that's kind of what I expected, honestly. I think baseball is just more fun than it's ever been. And I think the the playoff landscape has helped, too. Like, there are a lot of teams this year that have that have played good baseball and, and that I think have really brought fan bases back in, into the stadium. And, like, the Cleveland Guardians, like, their attendance is way up this year based on what they did last year. Uh, and teams like the Padres are still attracting tons of fans, even though they haven't played all that well. Condog uh, says, if we don't make a trait, they should fire Baxter. <laughs> and that that makes sense. That's a hard <laughs> that's a hard our uh, hard sell for Baxter. Marcos over the last couple of shows has become one of my favorite like D bats haters <laughs> in the chat between the like the the we feed families phrase from the other uh, show and now trade Brandon fart. That's just so that's, a, that's so foul. That's I love a, it. That's <laughs> a solid. That's a solid burn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, Jesse, he really is. I mean, I try, I'm trying, Jesse. I'm trying, but you can't leave the two of us here alone and not expect what I just I, it's the not Nick even Mountain the fart episode. part. I'm not laughing over that. I'm just laughing over Marcos's just a creative approach to being a hater. It's very entertaining <laughs> to me. Keep up the fine work, Marcos. Well, uh, if you guys haven't uh, opted in yet to the BetMGM app, make sure you do so before Friday because, of course, every Friday is Nerfy Friday over at BetMGM. Uh, you can get down on this promotion very simply. You have to be an existing BetMGM user. Uh, you opt into the promotion before placing a bet. Uh, you place a no-run first-inning bet on any MLB game by placing no on the Will there be a run in the first inning market? If your bet loses, but only one run is scored during the first inning, you will receive a bonus bet back, equaling your stake up to $25. These are available only on Friday. And of course, get down on the Nerfy action. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM app yet, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets. If it loses with BetMGM, again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. Benjamin Hunley in the chat says, here's why baseball is not back. Otani had the best single day performance of all time a week ago, and no one I know cares. You're not wrong, buddy. I don't care. You're not wrong. No. I, wait, no, no, I don't we, care because I, you don't care. No, because it was, a double, it was it was a double header. Am I wrong? Mm. It was two different games. Was am I am mm. I wrong? Mm. Right. That's it what, was it was a double header. Like, but so I, the, so man, I really, the man threw a complete game shutout. Oh, like, and then oh, don't get me wrong. I'm, it's not that I'm not oh, impressed. He did it in two games in one it's day. Not that I'm not, it's not that I'm not impressed because Shohei Otani is the greatest baseball player of all time. He, he had two home runs in three. But I'm just like complete like, game. Okay, no but like, it, 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 it's like. It was two separate games. Like it's, we're. I'm not gonna sit here and be any more impressed by Shohei Otani's excellence than I already am. Like it is, it is. It, he had the opportunity to do it twice in one day. He's the greatest fucking baseball player of all time. Like I'm not gonna be impressed by him if he had done it in one game. I'm like okay, look at Shohei Otani doing something that's never been done before again. This is, but he just did it in two separate games that just happened to be on the same day. This is why baseball I, will never be back to the glory that we once knew it to be. But uh, we thank you for being here in the PHNX Sports YouTube channel for to, to keep me company with this madman that does not believe that that was an impressive feat. Uh, you I just said it was impressive. It's uh, just not any more impressive than all the crazy impressive shit that Shohei Otani already does every fucking fair day enough, fair that's enough. my point fair enough i mean his smile is enough to there we go set the world on fire but uh <laughs> we thank you guys for being here in the sports uh phx sports youtube channel if you haven't subscribed to the channel yet sign up for notifications do so now do all of that right now leave us a thumbs up that way we know that you're not mad at us for the way that the diamondbacks are playing because it's not <laughs> our fault uh also if you haven't signed up for phx sports uh diehard membership do that now uh big shout out by the way to the audio listeners i forget them all the time <laughs> we love you too if you haven't subscribed to the audio side do that now leave us a review we always appreciate the feedback back we always appreciate you diehards we always appreciate every, everybody but if you haven't signed up for a diehard membership yet do so now not only will you get a uh, membership uh to our wonderful club over here known as phnx you will get access uh to jesse's newsletter full count you also get access to all of our locked content behind the paywall you will get access to a members only discount over at the phnxlocker.com 20 percent off all future purchases you can get a free piece of a merchandise including this wonderful t-shirt i'm wearing i can't get it it's always sunny uh, in the valley, not. I mean, that's true. It's always sunny in the valley. It's not always like sunny <laughs> in a positive way, but you get it. What we're going for here. Uh, all sorts of wonderful merchandise like this. PHNXLocker.com. You also get uh, discounts from our partners. You get a uh, gift certificate from Mountain Mike's Pizza. You get a ranch card from Dobson Ranch Golf Course. Uh, so much involved with that. You also get access to our members only Discord Lounge, which is the best place to be an Arizona sports fan. So sign up today at gophnx.com uh, and become part of our family. Uh, shout out to Brandon Buckingham. He gave us a super chat for $1.99. And he said, D-backs, please get Bednar. We will donate that $2 to the Arizona Diamondbacks so they can put it towards the <laughs> Bednar fund. Uh, and hopefully we can make that happen here uh, in the next 24 hours. I'm getting very impatient. But, uh, of course, 
whether Jesse is in San Francisco or not, whether I'm here, whether it's Tuesday, whether it's Monday, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. Every week on this goddamn show is Shark Week. Every day on this show is Earth Day. And every Monday, well, not every Monday, but most Mondays, we go to the mailbag. Damon, I'm sorry we didn't do this right when you were gone, but can we please go to the mailbag? My mailbox, always something interesting in my mailbox. I try to get to everything in my mailbox. And then once in a while, there's a letter that makes me go, wow, wow. Jesse, I know you have to go soon because I know you have a pending baseball game to make it to. But uh, we did have a Mailbag Monday question that was specifically for you. And it comes sure. from Groundhog Mama, a.k.a. Karen, a.k.a. Cogs' mom. Uh, and Karen asks, so Jesse seemed to leave for San Francisco well in advance of the D-backs, which she is right about. He left on Friday. Uh, and she wants to know, did he go to the Taylor Swift concert in Santa Clarita this weekend? <laughs> is Jesse Friedman... A secret Swifty, Jesse. Massive accusation, Jesse. <laughs> wow, Karen. Karen is really on top of things. My goodness, some serious investigators. She knows when you left. She here. knows what concerts were happening. She knows what area of town you were staying in. She knows you have a landline in your house right now that you're at. There's a lot of <laughs> things that are adding down. up. So okay, so did I go to the Taylor Swift concert? No, yes. I did not. I did not mm. go. I did not mm. go to the Taylor Swift concert. Did you go tailgate at um, the Taylor Swift concert. Did you go hang do, out outside with fellow I Swifties? Have, do I have friends in the area who are specifically here for the Taylor Swift concert, and that's why I also happen to be like hanging out with them specifically right now? Yes. Yes. Oh shit. Okay. So there are some Taylor Swift uh, connections here. Uh, Wow. A good, good college buddy of mine. His wife is a is a serious Swifty, and uh, and so yeah. So she and some others went. Um, and yeah, me and him just like hung out and did some other stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm told, uh, I'm told the, the traffic was, was insane. Oh, that, that stadium and... is a nightmare to get in and out of. I remember trying to leave it on foot and even that was one of my biggest mistakes I've ever made after WrestleMania, yeah. but yeah. I was um, told the concert started at six 30, at least like that's what was listed on the ticket. And I believe people got out of there at about midnight because apparently Taylor Swift just keeps going and going and going and going. <laughs> yeah. uh, so she I, has a lot of errors to get through, it. Jesse. There's a lot of errors to get through. <laughs> I don't like Taylor Swift's music, though. <laughs> oh, get out of here. Yeah, can we, get the, can we kick yeah, this guy out of here? Jesse. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. Um, Jesse. Uh, we do have one more question, and I really needed your help with this one because I can't explain this one to Brett Lee Johnson. So before you go, uh, we have one more question from Brett Lee Johnson. Uh, do you have that question ready to go? All right. Brett Lee Johnson wanted to know, Jesse, why do the D-backs as a franchise seem to refuse to play good baseball in July? This month uh, has been just about hell, absolute hell, these last few seasons. Uh, yes, Jesse. And what, why is it? Why is it that July is a terrible month? Is it because of how hot it is here? Is it because it's hotter here almost than it is anywhere else on the planet? So we just kind of give up. I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for this. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think May has been a, a pretty bad month for this franchise historically. Honestly, I view May as being like the, the really bad month more than I would view July like that um even june i mean i think june is when the 2021 team rattled off all of those all of you know went on they're all bad months of losing, <laughs> losing a bazillion ah. road games in a row so uh yeah i i don't know i mean it is i guess it is sort of a, a trend that we've seen where the diamondbacks in the last few years they've had some seasons where they've started strong and then they kind of fade and you know whether that happens in may or or whether it happens in July or like back in 2018, it happened in September. Uh, this is a, a bit of a troubling a troubling trend that we've seen with this team. I think from a fan perspective, it's just easier if your team starts slow and then like gets gets better throughout the year and like yeah. more compelling throughout the year yeah. than for you to be pretty into it for a month or two and then you know or however long and then the team just kind of fades down the stretch and and understandably you know I, I, there's been a lot of that for the diamondbacks over the past few years and i'll, I'll still say i mean we still have two more months of, of baseball left to be played you know the diamondbacks are one game out of a wild card spot their playoff chances are below 50 percent, but it's not like they've fallen so far 
from God here that, you know, they can't still find their way into the postseason. I still think, you know, day day, this the team is straight further from God. They're, 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 they are straying away, but there's, you know, but they're still, they're still in striking distance. They still have an opportunity to make things right before the end of the year. So we'll That's- see if they're able to do that. That's why the D-backs need David Bednar so that they can look down in the sand, see that one set of footprints, and say, hey, what happened during oh those gosh. tough struggles in the second half of the season? And Bednar could be like, that's when I carried you, my son. So uh, David Bednar to the Diamondbacks <laughs> has to happen. Uh, I did want to ask, I know we've we've just, we've probably hypothesized about this so many times. I know we've discussed it. Sorry to interrupt you. I'm having opinions. an absolute worst case scenario right now. I got an eyelash in my eye and I cannot see out of my left eye. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm fighting uh, for my life right now. He's, 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 he's struggling. All right. Well, we'll just disregard him for a little. Don't pay no attention to this man as he <laughs> tries to save his vision. Uh, but Jesse... Uh, I guess my, my, now we're here. We're in the final moments of this trade deadline. I know you don't have anything to really base it off of, but does your gut feeling that we will see, see this team make, make a trade, make some sort of deal, or are you kind of shifting more towards the no side of things? I, I do know Mike Hazen kind of prepped us for this a while back and said that if a trade happens, it most likely is going to happen in the 11th hour. Yeah, my gut is still, like I said earlier, that they that they will do something. Um, is it a starter reliever? I, I would probably lean toward a reliever. Uh, Hazen said last week that that's more realistic of the two, which which is understandable. The prices are lower. There's more availability of for relievers than there is for starters. Um, so yeah, my expectation is that the Diamondbacks will probably do something, but you know, is, is it going to be David Bednar? Probably not. You know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it was you know, a rental dreams. piece uh, that was just right here for the rest of the year or something like that. So they would I mean, I, I still wouldn't close the door on that, though, like controllable uh, moves for controllable players still make sense. There was a report yeah. that the Diamondbacks were willing to discuss their surplus of outfielders, which is just common sense. I mean, that's mm-hmm. sort of, you know, one of their 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 primary trade shit possibly or probably so. Um, yeah, I still think it's possible you could see a, a deal that's pretty big. Uh, it just wouldn't be for only the season. It would be for you know trying to make this team better in in the years to come. But those things are always hard to pull off. So uh, a shorter term deal for you know maybe an eighth inning, ninth inning reliever type, someone who could help the back end of the bullpen. I, I think that's pretty realistic. All right, Jesse. Well, we will check in with you. Uh, of course, we will have our trade deadline show tomorrow, which Jesse will be with us live through. And we will also have a post-game show tomorrow. And if anything pops off and the Diamondbacks do make a trade, we'll sprinkle in an emergency podcast there too while we're at it. So uh, keep your keep your phone charged so that we can get a hold of you when we need you. That's, that's, <laughs> uh, that's all I need. This is an emergency Jesse call uh, sometime soon. But thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us and, and uh, drink some water. <laughs> I feel like you guys are the ones who need to be focusing on drinking water right Don't now. Derek, it, it is 74 have, we, degrees This is not alcohol right in here, now. Jesse. I, I, hate to, I hate to pull back the curtain too far, but this is just hey, it's good nice old water. It's cool today. Yeah. It's only 100. It's under 110 today, so nice. we're good. Nice. We're good, buddy. <laughs> but all right, we will see you, uh, see you soon. All right, see ya. All right, Damon. Well, I know we got some more Mailbag Monday questions. I didn't want to keep Jesse too long because I will make him miss his uh, whatever transportation that he needs to get to to get to, to get to the game. But what else we got for Mailbag Monday questions? Uh, the real Gabby, Gabby Dearth, Darth, Darth, Dearth, uh, asks, do the D-backs actually have high-level pitching prospects? With all the previous hype around Nelson, Fott, Jamison, Jarvis, etc., seems like everyone is still mid-rotation. Given Gallon's contract, feel like this could be an issue long-term. Uh, yeah, you're right. And I mean, the Diamondbacks don't really have high level pitching prospects. I believe Yumin Lin is probably one of the names that still a uh, lot of there's a lot of potential seen in him. He's still a very young pitcher, but a lot of uh, Diamondbacks have, you know, uh, praised him quite a bit. We know that he has uh, a tremendous ability to throw the ball in, in like 25 different ways. So uh, it feels like he is probably a, a unique prospect in their organization um he right now is with the double a emerald Assad poodles and is their 10th ranked uh prospect in their organization but <laughs> yeah. uh yeah no i mean to be honest I, I i i don't really know like we still don't know what we're going to see at landon sims who i feel like hasn't had a lot of time um he's still at single a 
Blake Walston, like you said. I mean, there's Blake Walston. There is, you know, a, a couple of other guys. But I, I don't really know what the Diamondbacks, you know, are, are going to get as far as pitching prospects are concerned. There isn't a lot in their top 20. And, uh, I mean, some of those prospects are named we've brought up so uh, again the diamondbacks don't really want to uh, trade away the few prospects they have uh that that could potentially be good good pitchers for you know a rental or anything like that yeah. which is what makes this trade deadline so difficult to navigate yeah i mean yeah looking at like mlb pipeline the only pitcher that the diamondbacks have is is, is fought who's 21 which i mean says a couple of things to me a like you're right there is not a a glut of of pitching depth as far as his prospect pool is concerned yeah um but like the re- i think the reality is that pitchers are a little bit of a crapshoot they're a lot harder to project yeah um and i mean right like fod is still the 21 ranked 21st ranked pro- prospect and like there's a bunch of people being all out on fod because of a couple of bad starts be like I, it, it pitchers are weird um i mean Fought is still a rel- is considered a high-ranking prospect, even though he has not really produced at an MLB level on his limited opportunity yet. Like, I don't know. I, I, I definitely think, I mean, it's something to be concerned about, but I also, I don't think it's like, an, a, like a death knell to the future of this franchise. Like, you have this team, or like every team has a way of figuring out ways to either acquire pitching or, or reinforcing that prospect depth. Um, because this is all cyclical, like as good as the D-backs are now, there's going to come a point where they're not and they have to start selling and all that, blah, blah, blah. So, um, who knows? I don't know. It, 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 it definitely is something to be concerned about, but I mean, we're, we're sitting here right now, like as far as prospects don't mean anything at this uh, right. I mean, as far as trading, they do, but as far as like trying to win right now, then HK. I mean, Brandon Fott, uh, Aaron Lambert, I think you were referring to Brandon Fott. Has he had one good start? I think he's had his last two good starts. Mm-hmm. last two starts have been good, I think you could consider. Uh, I think he gave up three earned runs in both and basically went close to six innings uh, in, in both starts. So I, I I don't know. Like right now from, <clears throat> from a young pitcher that's still developing that uh, really had a shaky start uh, his first two times being called up, I really feel like he has settled down and, and is giving at least a better – uh, outing than some of the other Diamondbacks pitchers in, in you know, obviously in their starting rotation. If Fott can continue to give you this six innings, three earned runs, that's that's not a failure. No, that's not a that's not that's not a bad thing. That is exactly what the Diamondbacks would love to get out of him at this point. But um, going back to the original question, I don't know what they're going to do, and that's the reason why at this point, uh, like I said, that you know, I, I don't know if we want to see them trading away any of their pitching prospects. Uh, to to make this year's team better, especially with it being still so up in the air if this team is even going to be competitive, should they add an arm or two? I mean, Jack Flaherty, like Jesse said, it does make the team compelling. It makes makes them better down the stretch, but I just don't know. And looking at some of these trades, especially what the Texas Rangers are doing, I keep I hate to keep harping up on that, mm-hmm. but like those are the kind of moves that are you know that 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 get you to that next level yeah, the he, rangers did they weren't good right or they no. weren't good before this year and they fun, finally started to yeah, put it together uh, but this, this again year. we can't like i said this the other day you can't you can't really compare the way the d-back operated the deadline to some of these other organizations like Correct. the rangers because the rangers just have an unlimited number of like they're one of those franchises with a lot of money so they don't have to worry about their prospect pool because they can just keep they can afford to keep paying for mlb talent they don't necessarily need yeah. to do i mean this team none of this team has been developed they went and got seager simeon now scherzer yeah uh a who obviously is performing way better than i think even they probably expected yeah. but still like yeah. they, they this team was built through their finances which is something that the diamondbacks just simply do not have the ability to do Correct. so they can afford to just jeopardize their prospect pool by going to acquire a guy like max scherzer in a way the diamondbacks might not be able to or, or the diamondbacks can do but they have to be aware of what the consequences of that are which is in a few years they will not have prospects and they will be bad and they will not have the money to fix that issue i guess yeah and it's the reason why mike hazen's focus the entire time has been on rebuilding the farm system which that's you know com- potentially being jeopardized if if they try to make these moves to better a team that isn't really ready to make it to that next level even with pieces being added to it but uh james atwood brought up fought has had eight mlb starts and four of them have been just fine including the last two which showed real progress and i completely 
agree with that 100%. Uh, what else do we got? Damon. Uh, bold as bronze. Gabriel asked, if they miss the playoffs, will any heads roll? Mm, I, don't, I don't think so. Just because of, I think the reality is this is still progress from last year and in the eyes of most in the organization, an overachievement, I think. I, I, and I think the people that are making decisions are smart enough to realize that like this is an overachievement and obviously the way that this has gone with it being so kind of front-loaded in terms of their success makes this a lot harder to swallow but i mean a bunch of players have taken i mean you look at a guy like Geraldo perdomo or even just the resurgence of Cattell Marte. like guys have taken significant strides as a part of the mlb roster from last year to this year and they are closer to winning a world series than they were last year i'd Feel like it's going to be a lot harder it's going to be hard to really justify making some kind of drastic move like that i will say this they extended tori lavolo and from mike hazen's comments it sounds like the two of them now are through the end of next year mm-hmm. uh I, I i think that's where they're at yeah i i think if this team doesn't succeed next year and who knows maybe maybe they even move on regardless but i feel like it like next season is that year well, yeah if the expectations don't... really change i think next year it's like okay yeah. now now we know what this team is capable yeah. of yes last year might have been a little bit unexpected this year we know what it is you need to succeed or else well, you, you have the tools you have the roster presumably um like you need to go succeed now i'm sorry if i'm saying your name wrong but maze devil, maze 18, devil yeah. uh said lavello's head should roll but this organization loves this guy uh meaning if they miss the playoffs uh I love the guy. I'm like I'm not an unbiased party here when it comes to Tori Lobolo, and I know that a lot of people uh, like to stream Fire Lobolo and things like that. I get it. Uh, it's it's manager, and ultimately the captain, right, is responsible for the ship going down. And I understand how a lot of people might feel that way. But being a person that says what I just said, uh, I, I understand, and and that probably is there is probably some truth there. Like Tori Lobolo is a great guy and he's a great person but at times uh his you know his managing a game isn't isn't great and he'll be at times the first one to admit that at well as well which then makes it that much harder to really dislike him uh or feel like he's you know not the right person for the job at times he's willing to admit when he's made mistakes just like hazen uh is willing to admit past mistakes that he's made but like i thought labello in my opinion managed the hell out of the game on Saturday, even though it got to where it was at, even though a lot of people didn't like him going to Chafin, even though a lot of people didn't like the things that he did. I like the fact that he was actively engaged in that game to try to do everything they could to win it down there late. And and they did. And it was a, it was a great win for this team because of the way that it got managed. But uh, if, I don't think, I, I mean, I, I don't really think that because the expectations changed throughout the year that – that's fair to now blame Lavello for the team not making playoffs. The one thing a lot of people will say is, you know, what's the end result when we get there? Do the Diamondbacks come out with a better record than we expected? Do they make a wild card spot? We that still remains to be seen. But I, I don't know if improving this team from what they were last year and the year before uh, is really cause to fire the manager just because they didn't ultimately get to the playoffs. I know that's how a lot of fans feel, and I understand that like that a lot of people feel like that's the next step that they should make that they should be uh in in the in in the playoffs this you know by the end of this season um you might not be wrong i mean the the way this team was playing at one point there's no reason why they shouldn't have been able uh to at least be more competitive than they are right now and i don't really have an answer for why they've fallen apart in the way they have but uh again uh, James Atwood says Lavello's biggest strength is in developing young players, something this team is certainly showing the benefit of. Hasn't helped Lavello's cause to have a substandard roster bullpen available. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's also not to compare. I mean, I am comparing it. Obviously, there's differences, but you look at like the, the Golden State Warriors, right? They had their Mark Jackson who got that, who like built that, built that team, built that roster, developed those, helped develop those players, and then they might not have been the guy to push him over the line but I, I think at this state of the organization and the franchise like Lavello is still that guy and, well, they, and going it, back to what you said right like this is an organization that's going to build through their minor league yeah. system they're not going to be the team that goes out there that like they might they might trade away some of their young prospects that yeah. they build up for a big name and that might be how they get a big name in their system but it feels like and rightfully so because the last you know, a couple of signings, you know, at least the last major signing did not go well for this team that they shouldn't, you know, they they shouldn't continue to try to go after the free agents because 
often spending that money isn't enough to get them over the edge, right? So that I'm just saying, Lavello being here for a team that is yeah, essentially going to always this, be developing young minor yeah, players and, seems like a good move. Yeah, and if you get to a point where they're they're in the playoffs and he is not like he's not the guy then, well then then you got to do something about that. But I think like again, the reality is that this franchise is it's taken over the last two years has taken steps yeah. towards their ultimate goal of being World Series champions, sure. and I don't feel like. Just because of the, the progress might not it might not be as pretty as you might want it to be. Um, I don't feel like you should hold that against him entirely when the reality is that he is. Yeah. Like this franchise is getting closer to their goal under his watch. Yeah. Benjamin makes a good point. Lavallo managed the season like he was trying to develop young players instead of winning games and making the playoffs. I mean, that's that's fair. There 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 is a lot of that. But, I mean, that, that goes was, on that was what the season was supposed to be. <laughs> that is like, what that, the season was supposed to be. Right? And and. To be fair, like, do you they pivot have been from good your, for most of the year. Do you pivot from your game plan, though, because the team gets good and now start but managing I, I it mean, differently? But I mean, you know that, I mean, like, how are you going to level that as a criticism if that's what he's been doing all year and for the majority of the year they have been good? Yeah. Like, yeah. well, and, and Nicholas says it. He says it's hard to know when Blavolo could do more when the bullpen has been a problem like it is. Anyone you put out there, you look bad. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's what we talked about. That's maddening. It's maddening how bad, no matter who they put out there. I mean, Kevin Ginkle has my vote of confidence at this point, and I would continue to go through to him, even if he has bad starts or, or bad bad outings. closing situation, bad outings. Like, just focus on one guy for a little bit, you know? Yeah. I, I still can't get Brent Strom's uh, comments out of my head when Brent Strom said uh, that the closer mentality is that no one else is coming to save you, that mm-hmm. no one else is coming after you. There's, no, there's not going to be another reliever that comes takes you out of the game. Win, lose, or draw, your ass is out there, unless we do tie and we go a couple more innings and we'll need to pull you out of the game or whatever, right? But for the most yeah. part, like that closer mentality when you're doing a closer by committee isn't there. You're always thinking in the back of your head that, that if you, if you yeah. fuck up, there's going to be somebody else that comes from yeah. behind you. And, then, and maybe that's what the problem is with this situation. Yeah, and like Marco is just leveling some of the blame against Ken Kendrick. But like the reality is, is like, I mean, he even admits it. Like the reality is, is like not everyone's going to be able to be the owner of the Padres. Like that, yeah. this is not a market where you can do that. You're and not making enough money in the state of Arizona. But that's not even going good for them, right? Well, I mean, exactly, right? Like the Padres are spending more money than they like – Economically, based on their market size, all that like they should they they are they are outspending what their market is, which is not how this game is supposed to work, right? Like baseball doesn't have a, a salary cap. This is how capitalism reality is: that the teams with the most money should be the most successful, which is not necessarily the truth. But like most owners are not going to invest in a market like this and then be like, "I'm fine with losing money because I want to win baseball games." But that's not really how guys become billionaires. At least with the mic drop moment, Elise is like. Lavallo isn't good at bullpen management, which is further amplified by the fact that he has been given a subpar bullpen for most of yeah. his tenure. I mean, that I agree manager. with because I say I compare him to my least favorite manager in baseball all the time, Aaron Boone. And like, it's different <laughs> when you're the Yankees and you have that roster and you should be more successful. But like, Aaron Boone doesn't know how to manage a roster for his life, and I can live with that because right now this team is in a state where they're trying to develop young talent, and Tori is really good at that. But I have on a number of occasions expressed my concern about how he will manage a bullpen in the postseason because that's why the Yankees haven't won a World Series in years. I think just in reality, they're all flawed, right? So, like, you have Lavolo, who's difficult at managing bullpens. Part of that is because Hazen doesn't put the right pieces in for a bullpen, which is partly because Kendrick doesn't Invest spend enough bullpen. money into the team. It's like it's just a revolving cycle. Of, it's a, team it's a death Phoenix, parade. Arizona, it's a death parade. Of issues, yeah. 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 Well, and I mean, like at the end of the day, yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, there's there's a lot of blame that can be passed around here. So, uh, but I, I think like Lavallo really is a people person. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just that he's always developing young players. He's always developing everybody. Yeah. And he yeah. always wants to use this moment right now as a moment to like, change you as a yeah. person and make you better today yeah. is the day you're going to be better and it's even if it's even if it's by fucking this shit like you're gonna get better right like even if even if the results are terrible he feels like it's going to make you a better person ultimately at the end of the day and i mean maybe that's just some of his time of playing baseball and the way his his life and his career is gone but uh sometimes that's just not the way things work out for everybody, right? Yeah. Not everybody is going to be turned into a diamond by the pressure of the situation. And that feels like we get that way too much instead of actively trying to go to a guy that's going to help you win the baseball game. 
But mm-hmm. uh, I'll tell you what will help you actively win at golf and life is checking out Pins and Aces because Pins and Aces is not only the official golf apparel partner of PHNX in all city, uh, but it is one of the best golf apparel companies you can find. They make amazing polos. And when I say amazing polos, I mean they are amazing in every way. Print uh, fit, mm-hmm. uh, feel. Uh, the, the feel, the airiness the of it, especially in these 110 degree days, the fact they stretch when you need to, when you need to drive a, ba- a ball or do anything. I mean, forget driving just a ball, just driving yourself in a car to the supermarket. They're comfortable. They're great. They have hats, they have golf bags. They have all sorts of wonderful stuff, uh, including a beer sleeve that even if you don't golf, you need a beer sleeve in your life. So check out pinsandaces.com and use code PHNX to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. Uh, me and this man have also been just sitting here dying, being tortured by the fact that we have illegal pizza. Right there, dog. Just illegal pizza, like right show. there. Whenever you see us looking over to the left, it's just us looking at the illegal pizza that's uh, in our room. No, God damn it, no! Because you're just gonna get you bring some back for me. No. Illegal pizza is over here, right over here, and we're just sitting here just dying. This man hasn't eaten all day. He needed to get himself uh, some of the resist, irresistible taco bar that they have set up for us out here. Uh, you can get down on this too, because of course. Illegal Pete's, it's patio season at Illegal Pete's all year long. You can go there. They have their margaritas. They have all their wonderful drinks. They have all their wonderful food. They have a full menu, including bowls, tacos, salads, burritos, nachos. Oh, look at this man. Let's go. I probably shouldn't be eating during an ad read, but I'm going to. Who's going to be mad? The people at Illegal Pete's for us eating their food? You're right. Um, So. All this wonderful salsa, chips, everything you need. Piping hot queso. They got it all. Illegal Pete's. Illegal Pete's is your go-to spot this summer. Kick back and enjoy an ice-cold margarita and cool off with a bucket of high noons. Five high noons for just $22. You're going to pay $22 for a, a drink at some places in Tempe. So go get yourself five high noons for $22. Don't forget to follow at Illegal Pete's on Instagram to stay updated on all their events and deals going down this summer. Stay tuned on their stories to win free tickets to the concerts you're dying to see. Illegal Pete's is here to make this summer one for the books. Thank you for that. That was wonderful. I'm mad that you took it away, but I'm going to be thinking about it for a long time. Uh, Well, before we go on to more Mailbag Monday questions, we got to thank our friends at More Furniture for, of course, giving us a place to put our butts and, of course, giving us a comfortable place to sit all around here, including the wonderful recliners we got out here. So make sure to check out morefurniture.com. They have their white glove delivery service. Uh, They are all about making sure you don't lift a finger when you get that wonderful office furniture. And now these guys are just in here eating our chips. They could go get their own chips. You can get your own chips. A a tax? Tax on what? Don't say these guys. I'm eating my own chips. I don't care. You're sitting here eating chips in front of me. You're all bad people. You're all, you're all, oh, now he's out of the whole bag of chips. He's going to eat the bag of chips in front of us. Anyway, uh, this is what we have to put up with around here, folks. Uh, (laughs) But luckily, we have plenty of places to put all these chips on all of these tables we have from morefurniture.com. So make sure uh, to check out the wonderful furniture they have over there. You could save big on the best furniture in the valley when you head to morefurniture.com. And now we have more Mailbag Monday questions. What do we got, Damon? Uh, Brian Bobbitt asks, if nothing is done at the deadline, which player or players do you think need to step up? For us to contend still. And I like this. This is a positive question. Is it? Yes, it is. It is. Because Cattell stepped up. Cattell's been great. Mm -hmm. Right? You can't say Cattell's been bad. No. Lately, everybody's been bad offensively. So I guess I see your point there. But I don't feel like there's a lot of guys not doing enough. But we will say one guy. There's one of them. There's one guy. Lourdes, we need to have a talk. We need to have more Um, than a talk. I don't know. Do I need to dye my hair purple again? What do I need to do? What can I do to help you hit the baseball again? Because I feel like, uh, as this man expressed to me, uh, you've been one of the best, best, worst, best, worst, He's the worst, worst player in baseball, worst all-star potentially. I, I am genuinely curious at the end of the season, if it continues like this, where he ranks amongst the worst all-stars of all time, uh, because it's downright just genuinely bad baseball right now. Uh, Lord just needs to step up. Factual. I mean, I could say pitching. I could say all of the pitchers. I, I would say even yeah. Merrill I mean, Kelly there's a lot of people Gallon. that need to there's, step up. But I mean, people, but. I mean, Christian Walker needs to step up too. He hasn't been great, but like, I mean, and I know everyone's like, oh, Toronto fans warned us. Lourdes Gurriel is streaky. This is not streaky, dog. This is just him being really, really bad right now. Straight up. This is this is a shit streak. Straight up bad. It's bad. Let me pull his numbers for the month of July really fast, since we are here. I you don't even need. Oh, I mean, but like they're bad. I mean, okay, uh, slash line, uh, 157 bad at batting average, bad. a 195 on-base percentage, bad. 277 slugging, 473 bad. OPS. Bad. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's six uh, six for 16. Wait, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, six for 16. Really bad. Oh, 
Not good. Not good. Uh, he has seven RBI, two home runs. <laughs> Florida's pure poor EL dude. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of people you could say. I mean, the bullpen, the entire bullpen, all of them. Um, but, I mean, at this point, there's a considerable lack of offense in the Diamondbacks' last couple of games. Uh, they have not scored very much. And uh, they, they need to – and, like, the weird part is, is, like, some of these losses where they were able to come back and score, like, uh, seven runs in, in a 7-11 to loss to the St. Louis Cardinals or, you know, the 5-7 uh, to loss to the uh, Atlanta Braves. And there's just a lot of games here where, you know, looking back on it, they just really um, just – were able to, to throw up offense in games where they were pretty lopsided or the other team scored a lot of runs, but uh, they just can't seem to get it done lately when uh, when it's a close game or a low-scoring game. Most of Lourdes's hits were on July 7th. <laughs> He's not wrong. Uh, that's yeah. not good. That's not uh, good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Lourdes needs to step up. Uh, you saw in the first half of the season when he was producing, he was an all-star. It was obviously a little bit of a difference maker. Um so I feel like he's the obvious one. Um, if either of our catchers want to be above average, while um, that would be great. While Gabby's out, that, that would be, be really, really nice. If maybe they could combine into one good catcher that does all of like, I mean, there's a lot of weaknesses there with these two guys, but they don't share the same weaknesses. So I, I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> Things aren't great. We need our guys healthy again. That's what we need. Yeah. What else we got, Damon? Uh, Jeff Irving asks, why not call up Lewis, meaning Kyle Lewis? Longoria and his right-handed power goes to the IL, and the team has been struggling for offense. I thought this was a no-brainer. Seems to make sense to give him a shot before trading prospects. Also, his OPS is north of 1,000. I almost feel like Kyle Lewis is in the same position as like Brandon Fott, where they call him up, he struggles, and then they don't really give him enough time for yeah. him to actually figure it out at a major league level. And, I mean, sometimes that's – actually what a guy needs in order for him to uh to actually get comfortable again at a major league level i mean right now he's slashing 340 425 615 with a 1.041 ops for the reno aces yeah i i'm trying not to get too ahead of myself until this deadline comes because it's it's hard to get a read on how much the deadline is influencing roster decisions in terms of like Guys, they want to get a little bit of run to see what they have before the deadline, stuff like that. Because Carson, the reality is, is like Kyle Lewis is not, he's not getting traded. Like no one's down here over here knocking down the door for Kyle Lewis. He obviously was a little bit like he's dealt with stuff. He's dealt with injuries. He's was a little bit of a flyer for the D-backs, right? So, like, I don't know. I I got a theory though. I know this is crazy, but I have a conspiracy theory, and that is is that he was hitting 182 at a major league level. So, if you bring him up, he has a negative. uh, What does he have? A negative 1.4 WAR. Okay, so not good, right? Need more value in the minor. If you keep him stashed there, and he continues to hit fucking 350, maybe somebody. I'm just saying because teams now are, are are desperate for a bat. Teams are desperate for depth they're desperate for a dh i mean in some cases that might be very appealing and maybe someone's willing to forego looking at the few you know at bats the the few plate appearances he's had at a major league level yeah to just really focus and, on what he's doing and right i mean now. yeah and he's had he's played in the pros before right and we talked a little bit about this team kind of having like a develop young players mindset like there's not a whole lot of like development you're doing with yeah. kyle lewis necessarily i don't think um i mean he's still young so not to say they can't get better at baseball but you're not like it's a little different um so i i feel like if you get to september you have a, a you know a better feeling that like you call him up in september with after not playing a whole lot during the regular season yeah he's going to be able to adjust to that a little bit more than a guy making his mlb debut and actually sure. have an opportunity to contribute sure. so there's like a whole lot of different things that could be playing in the decision so we'll see we'll, but we'll i mean see after tomorrow yeah, yeah. after tomorrow things are gonna i think be vastly different for I this agree. team one way or another so what else we got damon uh, Aaron Hughes asked, what do you think of Jason Foley as a trade target? Uh, control, back-end reliever, no home runs allowed. Uh, I really love Jason Foley. He seems like a good fit. I agree. He seems like a good fit. Uh, he's a guy whose name has kind of gone under the radar as well. But, also, of course, him and Chafin coming out of the bullpen with their with that hair, their and hair those mustaches and, mustaches and everything. Boy. Yeah, no, I'm completely on board uh, with that. But, yeah, no, he's been excellent. The Tigers are ripe for the picking right now. So I definitely would be all in on anybody from the Detroit Tigers. Are we at the point where if we don't get – 
a couple of Tigers players, it's like we're not going to get anybody. <laughs> That's what it feels <laughs> it like. Yeah. like it. yeah, it really does. Uh, I don't know if someone gobbled up Alex Lang, but I would take both uh, Jason Foley and Alex Lang from them. Uh, I would also take Eduardo Rodriguez still. So, I mean, I'm on board with a big trade with the Detroit Tigers. Give us all of your arms if we can. Uh, see, and that's the thing is, I know some of them aren't controllable. We talked about, like, uh, Erod, like, opting out after yeah. this season and things like that. But um, I, I really think that at this point, they uh, if they could get a package where they get a couple of guys, uh, that, that, that might change my point of view on this season a bit. I just don't know how much we want to rely on Tigers, pitchers, right? Like, I mean, the Tigers They're have been a, a terrible team, for team a reason, this yeah. year. So, I mean, a lot of it's offense, these, but a lot yeah. of it is offense because some of these ERAs are not. He's got a 2.33 ERA in 46 games this season, 41 strikeouts, a 1.101 whip. I mean, I would take that. I'd take <laughs> I would take that. I would take it at this point. He has a 1.6 war, which is pretty good for uh, a relief pitcher. So, uh, bring him on over. I'm down with it. But, um, yeah, I don't know how much it would cost. We don't have Jesse here to assess that. Yeah. I feel like all of it's just going to cost too much. And ultimately, that's what my problem is. Like, I'm just stuck in this, in, in this perpetual state of, is this going to be too much? Is this worth it? Are we even going to get right. back to being well, good at all at any a, point? When you're a bad team, it's a lot easier to get attached to the the prospects. So like a team like the Dodgers, I doubt I doubt Dodgers fans spending a whole lot of time like getting really emotionally yeah. attached to their prospects. It's like, it's so like they an, know how this goes. It's like you foster an animal that right? you don't even name because be you don't here, want to get right? connected like that. We yeah. didn't expect to be here, so this whole time we were being like, "Oh, the prospects are our future." And now that we're like, "Sell the prospects." Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, I had a. I found a frog in my backyard last night. I showed it to my daughter, which was a mistake because she named it Gary, and oh, then immediately Gary. it was hard to get rid of Gary. But Gary had to go because I don't it's know if he's poisonous or not. Uh, why is a frog in my backyard? I live in fucking Arizona. Anyway, uh, we got another question. We got one more. Uh, Michael, of course. Michael says this one is for Derek. Uh, is this the WWF invasion angle of baseball season? Something that starts with so much potential but turns to crap before our eyes. Boy, that one hits home. That one hits hard. <laughs> um, the WWF invasion angle for for my friend yeah, uh, that doesn't know, and most of you that might not know, is when uh, the WWF bought WCW and decided that they were going to do this fun invasion angle where the pro wrestlers from that wrestling show came over and attacked this wrestling show. Only Ted Turner had given out these massive contracts to the biggest stars, and they got paid that money whether they showed up or not. So instead, they were stuck with the scrubs, essentially, of the roster coming over and invading WWF, which did not really move the needle for a lot of people. And that's why I think this uh, whole metaphor is a much better metaphor for the trade deadline than I do think that it's for the season. Because the Diamondbacks, yeah, we as fans, we want the Max Scherzers, right? We want the big names. We want Kevin Nash to show up and invade uh, the Chase Field, right? That's not what's going to happen. We're going to get uh, Sean fucking whatever his name was. And like some of these no-name guys, maybe DDP's the biggest name that you get. That's not a great like big name. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm drifting all over the place with the metaphors. But my point being, I want the Diamondbacks to make a bunch of moves at the trade deadline to bring in a bunch of jabronis that aren't going to move the needle. Uh, for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and is ultimately going to cost them way too much in prospects uh, in some weird effort to try to make this season better, uh, and then it's going to fall flat, much like this angle that Michael's asking me I don't about. Know why flat. the comment Sonoran Frog makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Sonoran Dog. <laughs> it was not wrapped in bacon. It had no mayo or mustard why, on it. But I really enjoyed I'm that. I'm fairly certain it was poisonous. I just didn't want my dogs to eat it. But... Uh, thank you guys all for your questions. Of course, we appreciate you guys as always. And much like you, we are going to be holding our breath for the next 24 hours until we get to this trade deadline and hope that Mike Hazen does something. Um, but in the meantime, you can stop by your Circle K to fuel yourself up through the drama over the next 24 hours. Uh, get yourself a coffee to stay alert. They have iced coffee for just $1.89 and all sorts of other wonderful stuff, including Powerades at 4 for $5. You will also get entered to win a chance to be one of 10 finalists who will win a 2023 Ford Big, Brent, Big Ben Bronco SUV, of course. Like we've said, you have to fight him for it once you do get you win that honor. Uh, good luck, because he's wanted one of those for a long time. You also get buy two, get one free monster energy drinks and buy two, get one free 
uh, beatbox hard tees at Circle K. So make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff. Right now, text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club, and you will get a buy one, get one free offer on 32-ounce Polar Pops. Head to circlek.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. And of course, while you're there, make sure to pick up the official craft beer of the Arizona Diamondbacks from our friends at Four Peaks. That is Rattle on Red Ale, as well as uh, an entire wonderful selection of Four Peaks beers that you can get anywhere you get your beers at. You can go check out their A Street Pub, which is an incredible place to eat. Were you holding your I breath? I was holding my breath. I couldn't do it you for were 24 hours. hours. Uh, no, no. Yeah, it's <laughs> I weird. Know, I was going to try to get through the ads. I, I feel like it. that would have been some sort of record if you could have held it for 24 <laughs> I would hours. Agree. <laughs> yeah, probably. Right. Oh, um, man. I need to get you a drink from Four Peaks. No, no one can say you didn't try. <laughs> What's no that? one can say you didn't try. I tried you my hardest. He tried to hold his breath the whole time. But, of course, uh, much like much like Sean, get yourself a Four Peaks beer wherever you get your Four Peaks beers at, including the Four Peaks Draft Room uh, at Chase Field, which is a great place to check out a game as well as get some food, get some drinks, enjoy yourself. Uh, of course, uh, check out Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with everything uh, with the latest Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks, and please drink responsibly. Well, like I said, guys, we will be back tomorrow with our trade deadline show. Uh, we will have plenty of updates. We will be live for the entire final hour of the trade deadline. So uh, whether whether we're going to laugh or cry or celebrate or throw things against the wall, we'll do it together as a family. Uh, and then we will be back again uh, after tomorrow's game. Flashbacks to the, M- the NHL draft show where uh, we were like, oh, my God, this is so exciting. So much stuff is going to happen. And then they're like. Dmitry Simashev. And I'm like, who the fuck is that? I got all this for this? I'm scared, man. We might not need to let you in the room. You yeah, might have to I might just out. leave. Yeah, Y'all can't, you you can't hold me down. Uh, I'll be back with uh, fake glasses and, and my smuggest look, uh, looking like Dwight Schrute tomorrow just for analytical purposes. Jesse will be joining us uh, from San Francisco, so we will have updates on that. Uh, Jesse will also be there should the Diamondbacks make a trade to uh, hear any news from the newest additions to the Arizona Diamondbacks and any changes made to this team. So we thank you guys, of course, for following us, for being here, for watching the show. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Cap underscore Caveman with a K. This maniac is at Sean underscore DePaz, maniac behind the Mac. That is the one and only Damon Dog who is back. He is at Damon Dog, D-A-W-G, and we are Damon's Dog. Of course, Jesse is at Jesse N. Friedman. Make sure to follow him for everything, uh, keeping up to date on everything in San Francisco right now. Uh, but, of course, our show is at PHNX underscore D-Backs, and all roads lead to you at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we appreciate you guys stopping in. We appreciate your time. Uh, and we always appreciate you for being Arizona Diamondbacks uh, fans on behalf of this entire crew. We thank you for your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun. Unless it's July and you're the Arizona Diamondbacks.